You're listening to This Is NX, the podcast about marketing for B2B marketers brought to you by B2B marketers. Join Kyle Shea and Stacey Bradshaw as they talk about trends, insights, and best practices to arm you in the disruptive battle to stay relevant in today's B2B market. And now, this is Annex. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of This is Annex, the podcast about marketing for B2B marketers brought to you by B2B marketers. You had to take a breath there. <laughs> our title is so long, they actually, on our upcoming uh, Magnet conference that we're speaking at, April 23rd, it got cut off. The title got cut off. They literally couldn't fit it on the page <laughs> because it's so long. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, it still doesn't change my mind, Stacey. I'll be honest with you. I like it. It rolls off the tongue. People hopefully remember at least half right, of it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Magnet, Stacy and I will be doing a session called This is podcasting. So if you're in the publishing industry in Canada, come on out April 22nd, April 23rd in Toronto, magazinescanada.ca, I believe. Uh, have a look uh, if it makes sense for you. By all means, sign up. I think there's still a uh, early bird registration, but I'm not sure how, the, how long that lasts. Well, we have an exciting interview today, Stacey. Tara Jacobs, who's our event manager here at Annex Business Media. Her and her team facilitate over 50 industry events and trade shows across all of our uh, various sectors. And it's only growing. So we're going to talk to Tara about why events continue to be such a valuable marketing channel um, for B2B companies, um, as well as many other tips and tricks for B2B marketers on really how to get the most out of their trade show and event marketing experiences. So before we introduce Tara, let's get into the five takeaways out of many in this interview, but the five takeaways that we've highlighted that are quite interesting in the interview. First one, anything can be sponsored, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of a joke we were talking about um, sponsoring the Wi-Fi at a show, but really there's so many sponsorship opportunities at large and small events that really um, elevate your brand visibility at the show. So tons of ways that you can sort of position yourself as a leader and really get your brand out there. Yeah, the Wi-Fi one is pretty cool because you can actually have the password to the Wi-Fi be your business name. And what's better advertising than that than having the 100 attendees of a show or 300 typing in your business name every time they want to Right? Such a great idea. Uh, Number two, think about the benefits beyond lead generation. Explain this one to me. Yeah, so we talk about the fact that marketers are under a lot of pressure to really deliver ROI when it comes to event marketing because uh, relative to other marketing efforts, it can be expensive. So we have to think about um, the intangible benefits beyond just lead gen. So Tara talks about, you know, what's the ROI on a strategic business relationship that you develop by going to that show that might bring you into other sectors or lead to a partnership that increases the scale of your business um you know what's the roi on nurturing an existing relationship that you know you don't get to face to face with these people very often it's it's hard to put a real tangible um value on these things but they're critically important and being able to communicate those to your business um decision makers is key yeah and i think this one actually goes hand in hand with that but we're going to separate it out a little bit Uh, define the value yeah so tara talks about sort of figuring out what your goals are before you go to the show and the key is know what you want yeah so are you going there for lead gen are you going there to nurture relationships are you going there for brand visibility whatever the goals are come up with a game plan you know pre-event and post-event and while you're at the show so that you have a game plan going in Here's another one, and I think it's obvious. Send knowledgeable 
staff to represent your brand. It does seem obvious, but Tara makes a good point. Like, I think people do tend to send their rookies to events. Again, because there are costs associated with it, if you send knowledgeable staff that are expertise in their field, they're the ones that are out there sort of listening to what the pain points are in the industry. They're getting a sense of what solutions the industry is looking for. So, you know, have somebody in that booth all the time and make sure they're knowledgeable and able to speak to the products and services. Yeah, I can't tell you how many conferences I've been to and I've been at tables. I literally want to learn about the product, but the person on the other side of the table can't talk to me. Why do I know more about the product than they do? Mm -hmm. Uh, Number five, connect customers and buyers. Ultimately, the goal of any event, and Tara talks about all the different types of events, which is really interesting, but ultimately the goal is to to connect customers and buyers and to nurture existing relationships and and to make new ones. So take advantage of the networking opportunities and make sure you have a follow-up plan to reach out to these people after the show. That's a great point. Uh, Again, I'm going to go back to my experiences. Sometimes when you do make these associations with with, uh, vendors, the, the follow-up isn't there. You know, that connection between the, the customer and the buyer, I want it to happen, but sometimes they just don't allow it. Yeah, it goes back to the, the game plan and having sort of a plan for how you're going to nurture those leads and, and get them to the sales funnel. So we're going to go through this and so much more. Let's get to our conversation with Tara. Tara, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me today. So we're really excited to have you here today, Tara. Um, Events have become such an important part of our offerings here at Annex Business Media. I think our our mandate has always been to, you know, connect our readers with our advertisers and to have them engage in a, in a meaningful way. And events have been such a natural extension for us of our of our magazines and our digital offerings. And you are a true professional in the field with 50 plus events. Yeah, how many events are we doing this year? Tara? Yeah, it's 50 and counting. So <laughs> we're not slowing down, that's for sure. So let's get to it. I've got a question here. Might be a little out there, but why do you think event marketing is still still proving to be a valuable channel for B2B sales today. Yeah, so I think that B2B sales is a lot about relationships, like you mentioned, Stacy, and it's connecting a customer and a buyer. And our ads do a great job of that, whether in print or digital. But the way that you build a meaningful relationship and that trust is not necessarily online um, or in print. It's not the same as when you meet someone face-to-face. So I think that people turn to events as a way to grow their business, to grow relationships, to learn, um, to solve their problems, and that connection isn't going anywhere. Um, I think it's becoming even more important today as the online world is getting noisier. There's a lot of information competing for our attention online, and it can become overwhelming to trust a source of information, to find out a solution to your problem that's really going to work when there's so much out there. So I think um, people come to events to get a trusted answer, to find those valuable connections. They bring buyers and sellers together, and it's the it's the human side of the business. So can you maybe talk a little bit about, as an event manager, what is your role? So my role is really, uh, when you look at relationships, that is a big part of it. Um, here at Annex, we have, as we said, over 50 events. So most of our brands do have an event. Um, we work with our brand teams here at Annex, and that's really what's allowed us to grow, I think, so quickly. We trust our editor, who is the uh, person who's the closest connected to our audience. They have an understanding of what the issues um, our readers are facing, and so they are the best to go out and find the speakers and develop the content that's going to provide some meaningful takeaways for them at the events. Uh, We rely on our sales team, who already has these relationships um, selling ads with the customers, 
if they sell a sponsorship or a booth to them, it's just a new way of, of doing business, building their relationship and helping uh, grow the business that way. So my job really is to connect our team and all of our um, existing processes and supports to bring the event together into something live that we can connect people with. So you must really see firsthand uh, what works well and what doesn't work well for uh, the marketing teams that either exhibit or sponsor these shows. So what advice would you give a B2B marketing professional on, on how to get the most value out of a trade show in whatever way that they're participating in it? I think defining value is key. Um, a lot of people define value at a trade show, the exhibitors especially, by the number of leads they collect. Looking at meeting existing customers, making sure that they're building those relationships. It also could be, though, brand exposure before and after the event. So really understanding what value is is important before you start. Once you know that value, you can create a plan to make sure that you're getting the most out of your time at the event. At every show, and I'm sure you've all seen it, there's always that one sales rep that sits at their booth, they're on their phone all day, and when I talk to them after the show, they say, meh, it was okay, or, you know, it didn't meet their expectations, they thought there'd be more foot traffic, more qualified attendees, and I think we take for granted sometimes um, that our vendors know what they're doing, that they know how to build these face-to-face relationships when many of the younger marketers out there are used to being on devices. So are you sending the right staff to work at the event to bring value? I've talked to vendors sometimes um, who have traveled show to show and I've asked them, what are you trying to get out of this event today? And they don't even know the audience. Um, They're literally just being They're not going in with a game plan. No, no. So they might not have enough product knowledge to make a valuable day. They might not understand the audience. So I think the best thing I can say is know what value is up front. What do you want to take away from the day? Make sure you have the right staff attending the event. Um, You're investing a lot of money and time to be there. So make sure that you understand what you need to get out of the day to make it most valuable. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about cutting through the digital noise and the events being the right way to do that. So these guys are on the show floor representing your brand and it's a way for you to let your potential customers and customers into a look inside the culture of your of your company and what it would be like to work with your company. So I think you're right that the personality that's there is so important. And I, I don't think... Um, we should put digital completely aside. There's certainly a role for it at the event. Um, I think it's important for them to do social posts while they're at the event. And it's also important for them to follow hashtags and maybe see what their customers are saying about the show. Was there a speaker that got them really excited? Um, was there a product? Sometimes people are taking pictures of new products. They see, what if that's your product? And now you have a new opportunity to connect with them when you really understand what they're interested in. So there is a role for social, but primarily it's about the face-to-face connection. Yeah, so the game plan goes far beyond just the trade show floor. There's pre-event marketing, reaching out to people, letting them know you're going to be there. There's post-marketing efforts after the show, um, the whole follow-up. So, yeah, going in with a good plan sounds like something that you would recommend. You you talked about hashtags and whatnot. Um, is it something that you recommend to, um, you know, if somebody's thinking about putting on an event or, to, or attending an event, to kind of find that specific hashtag that's either, you know, as an event organizer, um, you want all that kind of social um, cachet from your users. They, they might be posting on LinkedIn or wherever anyway about your event. 
let's throw the hashtag on there and hopefully it gives us a nice coherent story uh, for people to follow who aren't at the event. Is it a good idea for everybody to kind of follow that uh, hashtag rule of thumb? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we try to have a unique hashtag for each event that we run and we try to make sure that it's easy to find. So it's on all of our marketing collateral, it's on our signage at the shows, on the screen leading up to a session, um, on our show guide. It's an easy way for people to track what's happening at the show that day. So definitely, it's it's a valuable resource. Now, I keep saying trade show, but I know at Annex, we do a lot of different types of events, um, tabletop events, smaller round table type events. So, this is a good question. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about, about those and like what the different value proposition is for some of these smaller events or different styles. And on top of that, can you literally explain the difference between a tabletop a larger trade show and you know a conference type events. Well. We we actually host um, quite a few internal workshops at Annex, and this is the big question that I keep going over and over. Um, often I'll have someone come to me and say, "I've got a great idea for an event, and it's a tabletop with a conference, and we've got some workshops and roundtables on the sides." And I'm like, "Bah! <laughs> this is this this is too much. Too You're much. blending them all together." So. There really are different styles, and they each have a different purpose and different values. You mentioned tabletop, so that is a, really a show that's one day, it's low cost. Think of a big exhibit hall full of tables, and vendors have this 8 by 6 space where they can put up some signs, put brochures on their table, but it's really... Um, so they're not doing the full booths, they're not doing the drapery or anything like that, where no. they really have a table... And, you know, the salesperson or whoever on the other side talking to people walking. You bet. So it's really good for gadgets. Um, Some of our shows are around, tabletops are around electronics. So there's a lot of small pieces and components that you can pick up and touch and look at. People can buy things right there on the show floor or they do business deals that day. But a tabletop is really about connecting face-to-face buyers and sellers who are doing business, making a purchase, or soliciting advice from the suppliers. You see a lot of return customers who come back and say, hey, I bought this, but I'm having an issue with it. There's troubleshooting that happens right on the show floor. So the value is that it's it's simple. It's low cost. It's in and out in one day. It's not good if you have large products or booths. That goes into more of the trade show realm. Would it be more of a regional show as well? A tabletop? Yeah, yeah. So that's the nice thing is this can, we can take these tabletop shows to underservice regions and really bring their suppliers and connect and customers together. Um, and you can repeat that and take it across the country. It's, it's a nice way to bring opportunity to those small markets that may not have the budget to go to the larger shows. Another type of show is a conference and trade show. So this blends the traditional trade show, which I would say you'd need at least 50 or 60 booths to qualify for this space. You'd have a proper 10 by 10 booth. And on the other side of the show or integrated in the show is a conference component. So you'd have an audience of at least 150 people who are really there to learn. Education is at the forefront. But you have the opportunity during networking breaks and lunch to walk the show floor, do business, see what new products and technologies are available. Um, These shows are typically seen in larger areas, so GTA, Vancouver, uh, Montreal. The heavy focus in these shows is on content and knowledge exchange. Um, Sometimes there's credits you can obtain from these shows. 
um, but a good opportunity to collaborate with influencers, peers in the industry, um, and and get business done. So on these larger ones, you'd be at like, uh, give us an example in Toronto or in Montreal where you would put these larger shows on. Yeah, we try to work with unique venues if we can. So talking about venue, often place can make or break an event. We do some shows that are located um, with industry suppliers and partners. And there's always convention centers and hotels. But if you can find an unconventional venue, that often can take the show to the next level. I'll give you an example. We have a Canadian pizza show. And this show actually takes place at uh, Oven Supplier, downtown Toronto. So it's a building that has some really cool history. Free parking, which is great downtown. It's a key feature. But what happens is we can bring in these independent pizza owner operators into this oven company. The oven company is so happy to host for us. They offer gelato. They can show what they can do. And we have pizza owner operators compete and actually make pizzas using the ovens on site. Low cost to us and the opportunity to really immerse the industry into a supplier's facility brings a different level of value. Um, we also do that for our career shows. So Careers in Aviation is a good example of an event that we host not in a hotel room, but in aviation hangars. So what better place to be if you're interested in a career in the aviation industry than to physically spend a day in a hangar hearing and smelling and feeling what it would be like to work there someday. Yeah, and you're, that show specifically, like there's planes in that hangar. There are planes. So you get little tours, like these, you know, it's it's up up close and personal with, uh, you know, the industry in question, which is really kind of cool. So you're thinking, or you're saying, sometimes you got to think outside the box to make it a better show as well. So yeah, the convention centers are there, but if you have maybe a potential sponsor or supplier, that has a cool venue. And there's a lot of value for them too, to mm-hmm. be able to bring people into their house, so to speak, show off what they have, what products they offer, introduce people to their team. You leave that day, everyone leaves feeling really um, enthusiastic about the experience. Um, another option of a show that we do, and this is relatively new and growing here at Annex, is what we're calling a sponsored conference. So think of a large room where you have round tables for 75 to 100 people and the sponsor tables, um, sponsors get a table around the perimeter of the room. What I love about this event is it's really good for education, for learning, and not just for the attendees, but the sponsors as well. So everyone has equal value. So during the day, the sponsors join the attendees at the tables They are all listening to the conference. The sponsors hear the questions that the attendees are asking, and it really helps the networking time they have be more meaningful because they get to hear the problems that their customers are facing. Um, They might hear someone ask a question, and they might have a solution to that problem. So now that 15-minute break becomes actually an opportunity to do business in a much more meaningful way. These shows are regional. They're often in smaller centers, again, so servicing the audience where they're located. There's a few key things to a sponsored conference that I do want to mention. Um, We make sure that suppliers don't attend as an attendee. So if you are a supplier, you cannot pay to attend. And we police that. Every registration that comes through, we vet and make sure it's a qualified attendee. If it's not, we refund their ticket. And this is really to maintain um, the integrity of the show. If you are a sponsor and a supplier, you can be there that way. Or you can 
as an attendee actually come. Our sponsors sometimes do, and this is something that we get asked about a lot, is the church and state lines between should sponsors have a spot on the show floor speaking. And in this situation, there are some times where the sponsor is the expert in the industry. They are the only ones that have that product or technology and can speak to it. And that's okay to have them speak as an industry leader. What we do is we have a vetting process, so we never promise a sponsor the show floor. We never promise them a spot on the stage, but we do accept an invitation for them to speak, and they give us an abstract that we will review in advance. It's in everyone's interest for the sponsor to not be silly and talk about their business. If they're standing up there talking about the problem and how they have technology that can fix that, then they're going to look like an industry leader. Well, it's ultimately why these operators are going to events because they have a pain point in their business that they need to address, or they're actually looking for products or services. So you really start to see the value when you think attendees are spending time and money and energy to come to the show. So they really are sales-ready leads when you're looking around the trade show floor. I'm curious, how, how do you recommend marketing teams actually measure the success of the participation of their show? Because I know we're all looking for leads, but they're sort of, and they're under a lot of pressure to deliver those leads, and events can kind of be tricky because they are uh, relatively expensive compared to other marketing efforts. So how do you sort of, how do you measure the success and how do you sort of uh, justify it to your client if you're an agency or your CFO or your director? How do you justify some of those sort of intangible benefits that you get out of the show aside from just leads? Yeah, so we hear this often from mm-hmm. our, especially from our sales reps who have those relationships with the sponsors and exhibitors, and they want to make sure that they're delivering on what they've promised, which is this opportunity to connect with sales ready leads. I think when we look at value, like we talked about before, when we talk about success, we really need to identify what success means to your company. Um, for most people, it's leads and sales, and, and I think we get used to just looking for those concrete takeaways, evidence of success, but there's so much more than that. What is the ROI, for example, of a great idea? Maybe you hear of a new problem the industry's facing, and you can take that intel back to your company and develop a solution. What is the ROI of a strategic business connection? So sometimes some of the best exchanges I see on the show floor are between vendors. It might not be an attendee that brings you the most value. It might be an exhibitor who creates a network uh, with other vendors. They share suppliers. They get a better price for a product. Some exhibitors become distributors for another person's product. So the value often goes far beyond just that sales-ready lead. Um, There's opportunities to develop relationships to solve problems that the industry is facing on a whole greater level. So Tara, Annex has been doing events for several years now. Before we had an events team, the individual magazines and brands were actually putting on their own events. Since you've come on board and created our three-person event team, how have you seen things evolve over time? Yeah, so I've actually worked in the event industry for about 15 years. And when I came to Annex, we had three shows. Um, For anyone local in Norfolk County listening, you might remember the German Hall. We hosted Grower Day there. Um, Everyone loved the cabbage rolls. We've seen overall in the event world, there's less large-scale massive events happening. Of course, they're still out there, but especially in the Canadian B2B market, we're looking at more intimate 
customized events. So instead of casting that wide net and grabbing everyone with a vested interest, much like we just talked about where how do you measure value, it's 2,000 people coming through the show, people are starting to get smart and realize that it's the smaller, more qualified audience, those intimate opportunities to really talk and understand people's issues that are helping to grow their business. So at Annex, and I kind of want to lighten it up a little bit, we do do a lot of different events. Uh, speaking of doo-doo, we do one called <laughs> the North American Manure Expo. I think there's probably some stories there, and I think our listeners would, you know, let's let's talk about some of the, the things that, you know, may happen at an event that you need to pivot and work around, or maybe there's just a funny story from the manure. There's expo. all of the above. Um, we see everything, right? From the tea not being quite hot enough, I've had someone actually measure the temperature of the water and be a little upset. And we see that on the surveys. No one ever tells us how good our content is. They tell us how good the food was. Um, but <laughs> at the Manure Expo, there are certainly some interesting experiences that many people who work in hotel-style events might not get the joy of experiencing. <laughs> Our team has been in the field, literally. Take... So maybe explain a little bit <laughs> yeah. the location of this type of event. So the Manure Expo is a farm show that's located in a field in the middle of nowhere. It travels through various states, and this year we're really excited. It's in our backyard in Listowel, Ontario. So think of a, a city in a field. We have tractors, spreaders um, that are spreading solid and liquid manure, and hundreds of farmers standing there watching, anxious to go measure the depth of the manure spread. I'm talking like I know, but not really. But I do know it smells terrible. I try not to cover my face with my shirt, and yet I do. <laughs> and I have had the opportunity, I was sitting with Diane Clear, our vice president, in a gator, and there was a big cloud of black, and the wind changed, and it was coming right at us. And she said, cover your mouth or you're going to eat shit. Beep, beep it out. Um, so I actually can say I've eaten shit. It's been on my body. It has touched many of our staff in many ways. <laughs> it's um, it's no a unique opportunity. <laughs> I one of our oh, there's the gym story with a tick. It's just there's just there's so, so many. many. Yeah. <laughs> we were at a conference recently where we were listening to some speakers talk about some event related stuff. The one thing that stuck out with me is they talked about having the hook. Have you ever had to use the hook on a speaker? We've had to use the hook on technology at an event, which is something that people should really think about. So just because you have the technology to show a Twitter feed, for example, should you be showing the Twitter feed live? Um, back in the early days when, when Twitter was new, we thought this is a great way to engage our audience at one of our flower shows. And we had the Twitter feed up on the screen and it was hacked in and some inappropriate photos started appearing. So were they using feed. the hashtag? To, yes. Uh, yes. So there are pros and cons to using that sort of technology. We had to cut the Twitter feed. People were laughing. We took a quick break. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's oh, there's always, you're funny. always waiting for something to, to happen. And it does. Well, you see a lot of people are bringing technology into their booth space now. They're interactive displays and 
photo booths and it's all sort of like all been done over and over again and everyone's trying to get creative which is great but sometimes is it just technology for the sake of technology is it really drawing people into the booth like right. what, have, what have you seen that's cool that you actually found valuable I don't think they go together I've seen some really cool stuff and often there's giveaways at booths and free swag and people go and they collect it that's not valuable. Um, usually if people are coming into your booth to get the free swag, they probably don't really want to do business. So, But even then, you know, when we go to conferences, if there is a good application of that technology, so if, if we're looking at a demo of an app or something like that that we can, you know, see right there, that's great. But if it's like on a big screen TV behind them with just some fancy video playing over and over again, not that valuable to me. But you show me an example of real world use on an iPhone, on an iPad, on a computer, then, you know, that's something. But I bet it's not cheap to have that network connection and stuff at all these individual booths, is it? No. So unfortunately, Wi-Fi is typically not free and you might as well buy your own router and networking system when you're there at the show we often struggle with that hotels are starting to come around and offer free connections and wi-fi but for the vendor that's often an add-on so now you need to add power you need to add your own network connection and also it leaves the door open maybe for a wi-fi sponsor too doesn't always it? everything can be sold so <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely a good opportunity and i think people would be grateful yeah jokes aside sponsoring the wi-fi is actually a great branding effort like there's so many things that you can sponsor at an event what type of value do people get out of sponsoring things like that when you're looking to sponsor you're really looking to stand out as a brand leader you're going to be included on the promotions for the event for the duration of the marketing campaign, often that can be nine months or longer. So you're getting that long-term exposure as somebody in the industry who's invested in, in the industry growing, in the customers, in the audience. The recognition that you get doesn't stop there. There's the recognition at the show. And if you do choose a sponsorship, like a Wi-Fi sponsor, there's so many neat ways that your brand can be integrated with that to help people have that brand awareness and remember you. So maybe the Wi-Fi password is the sponsor's name, the company name. So there's a lot of easy ways that you can add extra value on site at the event for the sponsor. There are so many things we've seen from delegate bags to inserts in the bags, lanyards, reception sponsors, speaker sponsors. Pick what is meaningful to you and to your company and there's ways that there's so many ways you can offer valuable recognition but really it's about instead of having a booth and being there to sell business it's about standing out as a leader and brand awareness more than anything well tara that's that's a ton of information on events thank you for being on our podcast and uh, we may have to have a part two on this one stacy i'm in let's do it i'd be glad to come back thank you so much wow that was a great interview yeah lots of great information there about you know why events are still uh, very valuable in the b2b space and about strategically planning for the event and that to help you really get the most out of your trade show experience and hopefully get more leads to grow your business which is ultimately our goal here with uh, this is annex and as always we're looking for feedback uh, you know what if you got questions about events you can email us at podcast at this is or if you have a suggestion or a comment on our show Again, please feel free to email us at podcast at thisisannex.com. And I'm Kyle Shea. And I'm Stacy Bradshaw. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to This Is Annex, the podcast about marketing for B2B marketers brought to you by B2B marketers. 
As always, please send your questions or comments to podcast at thisisannex.com and subscribe in Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. This is Annex.